let's talk a little bit about the Word of God tonight. You and I are positioned by God at a particular time in our salvation history, uh, not to just be here, but to actually walk something out and show something forth, you know, to show it forth. And to, tonight I wanted to just share a bit with you from the, the Gospel of John, and we're going to look at chapter 10 a little bit, and we'll, we'll continue to just do those things um, as we look at the scriptures, we'll keep continue to do those things in the book of John until the Lord says, uh, move on. <laughs> yes. I've, I've titled my message today, The Life Giver. So we have to ask ourselves, what does that mean for us in that Jesus Christ is our life giver? So the scripture says, uh, blessed be the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what has he done? He has, he has given us every blessing in the spiritual realm, in Christ. Every blessing, every spiritual blessing is yours right now in Christ. So what, what, what and why is that significant? What does that bring to me? You know, why is it significant that you don't lack anything? What you may lack is understanding that you don't lack anything. And so you have to believe that. You have to believe God uh, despite any feelings you may have. Yes, you have to go beyond that. And uh, I would like to look at this life giver because right now uh, the scripture says in 1 John chapter 5, uh, this is my introductory here, uh, verse 11, verses 11 and 12, uh, 1 John uh, 5, verses 11 and 12, he says, he who has the son has life. That's, this is huge. So he's talking not about the, the biology that you have here, but he's talking about the Zoe life. The, the life that, that God is, the life that comes from God. This is what you have right now in a human vessel, in a human frame. Uh, Paul tells us that uh, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power, uh, King James says, New King James, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. The ESV says it differently. It says so that basically it is evident that, that the excellence of the power is of God. So it becomes, as it were, I paraphrase the ESV, but it is apparent that this amazing um, uh, life, this amazing glory, we, we have this, this in, in earthen vessels. So uh, every other earthen person knows that uh, you must have something from God because this amaz of this amazing treasure. So he says, he who has a son has life. He who does not have a son does not have life. So that, that you and I are walking around with treasure of God, the life of God in these vessels. In John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, he says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Speaking of Jesus, Daniel's Son of Man, which means he is the Messiah. So you and I have not believed in vain here. He says, Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That... There's a reason that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal zoe, have eternal life. So, so then the zoe here, this life, this life that comes from God, will never diminish. And so since your life cannot be extinguished or di diminished when, when you're in Christ, that gives you authority and power over everything that comes against you in the world. 
not, not some of the things, but everything. And you should be growing day by day by day in the Lord because why? You have the eternal life. That is imperishable life. That's what you have. So I know you know that intellectually. I know you know that intellectually. You've got it mentally. Do you have it in the heart? Because what you have mentally can be taken away from you or, or denied you in, in so many ways. A good bump on the head can take it. But what you have in the heart is there forever. Is there forever. I, I, I've given this example many times in, in the, my ministry in life. How I used to work in the nursing home, work, I mean, minister in the nursing home, and would go there every week. Pastor Charles and I would go there every week, every Tuesday. We would go to this uh, nursing home, a local nursing home. And there were people who didn't know their names. They didn't know their name. There was no way they could know their name. But they knew Amazing Grace. They knew a blessed assurance every stanza. And that just blew me away. And so I, I'm saying that this is the life that you have that speaks even though your brain may not recognize things, but the life in you speaks. And, and it speaks in such a way that you are able to say things beyond the human realm. And this is what he wants you to know. And so you have this imperishable life. And John 3.36 also confirms that by saying, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. John continues to, to iterate and reiterate these things. He continues to say them over and over again. Why do we have to have repetition? Why do we need it said over and over and over again to embed the truth in you? And so this, during these times in which we live, we need to do that even more. So he says, and... He who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So what he's saying is everybody who does not have this life, this eternal life, this joy life, the life that only God gives, God's wrath is on them. What, so they will live that way forever. Why? Because they've rejected it. Now in, in, in John chapter 10, uh, that was my preface to John chapter 10, but in John 10, uh, Jesus reveals that he is the door of the sheep. So Jesus re reveals that. So you and I cannot come to God except uh, we receive Jesus Christ. You say, I know that, Pastor. It's very elementary. But it's worth hearing again. You know, we build on the elementary things. Uh, those people who, who know math, you know, uh, uh, um, algebra, the highest algebra, uh, calculus, and all of those forms of math that they know, uh, they have to learn one plus one equals two. And so you and I should never, ever outgrow uh, our foundation. You can't outgrow your foundation. And so, likewise, as a believer, we have to understand that Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. So that means that Jesus is, is the indispensable to your salvation. He is indispensable to your success. He is indispensable to your being blessed. Yes, he is indispensable to your peace. He is indispensable to your hope. Why? Because he is all those things. That's what Jesus is. So you say, well, I need to be strengthened. And we, we want somebody to lay hands on us and suddenly uh, just... Uh, give you strength. No, Jesus is your strength. So Jesus is all those things. 
whatever, if you're able to stand, it's because Jesus is standing in you. So when we understand that, we, we won't live like mere men, mere people, just, oh, just a, a man. Now, I often say I'm an ordinary man. I'm just an ordinary man. If you've had an issue, I've had that issue probably. If you had a problem, I've had the problem. If, you know, you had some weakness, I probably have had that as well. But Jesus gives us the ability to overcome those things. So that's how I need to know, okay, Jesus is the door. So Jesus is the door to God. He, is, he says, I am um, the door of the sheep. And so uh, let me just... Um, let me look at this in John chapter 6. Let's look at verse, verses 32 through 35. Because Jesus tells us he's the door of the sheep. In John uh, 32, he says he is the bread of life. So, you know, a bread was always called, what was it called? The staff of life, right? The staff of life. And so Jesus is saying, no, I'm the true staff of life. When you have me, you have what can never be overcome. So it doesn't matter whether we go into death because we have overcome. Why? Because we wake up not uh, uh, on the other side wondering, but we wake up in the very presence of God, as it were. You know, we leave here, we're there. So when we know these kinds of things, we ought to be able to handle anything in this life. Amen. You may be going through something, you go, Lord, I don't know if I can make it. You're going to make it. Yeah, you will make it. So many times in my life, I, I would, I, I've said things like that. I don't know if I'm going to do it, Jesus. I used to talk about uh, making the cut, you know, uh, uh, being able to transition from one place to the other. And I remember one time saying to Pastor Charles, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make this one. And um, I made it. It was the toughest di di uh, trial I'd ever gone through, just different one after the other after the other. I thought, I don't know if I'm, 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 I'm going to blow up or something. Uh, but I didn't. Why? Because greater is he who is within you than he who is in the world. You have to know that. You have to know that no matter what the diagnosis is. You have to know that no matter uh, what the problem is. It doesn't matter. Yes, greater is he. And so whatever God wants from you, uh, God's going to get that because you belong to him and he belongs to you. And John, John 6.32 says, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. So what the, the, the Israelites or the Israelis at that particular juncture were boasting in uh, the manna that came, and Moses had given them manna in the desert. And so uh, Jesus says to, to them, uh, he did not give you the bread from heaven. And so what Jesus is sa actually saying is that that manna was not the true bread. It was indicative of the true bread. It was indicating the true bread, but it wasn't the true bread. And the reason we know is because everybody who ate it later on died. And so it, that bread did not have capacity to keep people from death. But, but what Jesus says, for the bread of God is he, not it. So the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and what? Gives life to the world. So Jesus came down to give life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. So you and I don't need to look for other bread. We already have the bread of life, the eternal bread, bread that can never be exhausted, bread that always gives energy and strength. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you go through. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Yeah. Amen. 
So then in, in John 6, so Jesus tells us he is the bread of life. And, uh, and so he says in verse 35, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Uh, you love the way Jesus uh, continuously says these things. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. So what Jesus is saying is that he is also that which satisfies. Every other meal will leave something to be desired. Have you ever eaten before you, you ate a, a, a healthy portion of some meal and it just didn't satisfy? You know, and then you were trying to find something that would just hit that spot. Am I the only person like that? You know, and so I remember that, that and uh, even recently, um, I, I said, gosh, that was a, a good meal, but it didn't satisfy. I needed something else. But Jesus is saying, I am that which satisfies. I am the bread. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he sh who believes in me shall never thirst. So what Jesus is showing us that when you have the Son, you have everything God has to give. Everything that God has to give. Amen. So don't, don't believe anything that contradicts this. Don't believe anything to the contrary. Even if you were to tell yourself, you know, this Christianity is not working. I need something else. You know immediately, immediately that the devil gave you that thought. And so what we want to do is, is recognize that we have the life giver. We have the life giver. You and I now have life. What did I read initially? He who has the son has life, not will have. So we're not looking for eternal life later on. We already have eternal life working right now in our members. Yeah. Amen. And so you, you have life. And again, I want to say again that this life defeats and overcomes everything that comes against you. I, I love getting old. I am not the oldest person in here. I think I'm probably the third oldest person. <laughs> I know a couple of birthdays, maybe the fourth, but not beyond, below that. But uh, what you learn things by living. You learn things as you live and as you go through. When you're young, you sometimes think, well, this is going to get me. Oh, God, I don't want this to get me. Then you realize that all those things that threatened to get you was like the bully at school that said, boy, I'll knock you into next week, you know. And, and uh, you just stood there, and they didn't knock you in the next week. And here you are alive today, and, and maybe some of those bullies are gone. At least they're not in your presence right today. And so all these things come as bullies. These trials come as bullies. But don't you back down to these bullies. Amen? Why? Because you have the life, the life of God. And, and um, so you'll never hunger, never thirst when you have this satisfying word, bread of Jesus, who is Jesus. Um, and then in, in John chapter 8, and I want to go, before I get to more of the life giver, I wanted to bring you up because, uh, because firstly, uh, uh, in John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the door. But I wanted to, to go back to chapter 6 where he says, I am the bread of life. So, so the, the one who is the bread of life is also the door. And then he says, in John chapter 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. So John is telling us who Jesus is. I am the light of the world. So then all the light, the understanding, the knowing that you and I have, we have because of Jesus. It doesn't matter 
whether the world uh, considers people as geniuses in the world. They're, they, uh, they have a, a, an intelligence quotient that's off the chart. But Jesus is saying, no, there's something they don't have. And they don't have the light. That is the understanding of God. Jesus says, I am the light. I'm the one who brings light into darkness. And so now you and I have that, that uh, mission uh, to bring light into darkness so that whatever's going on in our lives, we know we're going to bring some light to it. And sometimes you may, you may say, well, I don't know what to do. Um, that just means that it hasn't been revealed to you yet. It doesn't mean it's not on the way. And what I've found in my life is that uh, my wife and I together have never had an issue that we didn't have the answer for. Uh, all of us sitting here right now, I, don't, I would say to you, you've never had a problem in your life that you didn't have an answer because all those problems were coming to destroy you and, and you're not destroyed. You've even forgotten about the problem. That's the purpose of Jesus coming in and giving you understanding. Yeah. He's given you understanding. He's given you perspective. And now you, you should not be seeing things like ungodly people see them. You ought to have clear sight. Clear eyed. I like that. In John 8, 12, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. I am. It reminds us of, of Moses in the wilderness when he saw the burning bush. He went to him and then the angel or God started to talk to him out of the bush. And Moses goes, well, I hear all this wonderful, these wonderful things you're saying, but who am I going to tell them sent me? He said, you tell them I am. I am has sent you. Uh, you know, and, and that, that amazing I am, not I was. I am. So what God does for the believers brings him into the ever-present now. That's amazing. And so, and so just like this, he says, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. Always fresh. Listen. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You shall not walk in darkness. You shall not walk. You've got me, you shall not walk. So a lot of times when we say, well, I was just so, so uh, deceived. I, well, maybe you just set the Lord aside because you saw something you wanted to do or, or you wanted to be with I me, mean, you know. But he says, no, no. He said, you shall not walk in darkness. Amen. Now, the world is in darkness, but you're not because you have the light of life. The life in you is light. The life in you is understanding. And Jesus wants us to understand that. He wants us to walk in that. So you are able to, in, to be an instructor of men and women. You don't have to be too teachy always, you know, let me get my Bible and tell you what the Scripture says. Can I be honest with you? I don't like that. I don't like this all this religiosity. Well, the Bible said, the Bible said, you're talking to somebody in darkness. Your job is to be the light. And if you just be that light, they'll, they'll start to see it in your light. You know, and I've told you. I've told you this many times, and I'm going to tell you one more time. 
uh, whenever, I, I always wanted to be a, a witness, and I wasn't a good witness. Well, that is, I never, I never closed the deal. I was always planning and watering, but I wasn't closing the deal. There may be somebody here, you're not closing the deal. And I said, well, Lord, I want to close the deal. I'm always planting and I'm always watering, but I don't, I don't ever bring these things home. And, uh, and so I, the Lord said to me, be who you are. Just be who you are. And so I, I started just being who I was. And I remember almost fainting, you know, bringing somebody to the Lord one time, you know. <laughs> Just, I was just, just almost passing out. But I learned how to, to, to do that just by being who I am. I, I, I'm an imitation if I try to be you. But if I just be who I am, that's the real deal. And so he has defined us as light. So we now are light. And, and what we are to do is just shine in the dark places. So I would just be light. Light doesn't struggle. It's just, it's, it is. And I remember just starting to talk to, to men, men and women, mostly guys uh, out in, in the workplace. I would just talk to them and tell them what God has said and just tell them. I wouldn't say God said, God said. I would just tell them, just talk to them, just like uh, it, it come directly from me. It came indirectly from me. Uh, but I never quoted the scripture. I never told them in the book of John, in the book of Matthew, I didn't. I didn't. You know, I mean, if, that's, if God has given you that, I mean, hey, don't let me change you. But it didn't work for me. And, and, the, and those guys would always say, man, I, they thought I was the smartest guy. I, I, man, man, how did you know that? How did you know this? How did you know? Well, I'm, I'm now light in the Lord. And so I was just allowing my light to shine. And you can just let your light shine. That's what God wants you to do. So uh, let me move on. He says, you shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And so this amazing life uh, is full with, with light. And now in John chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus is speaking again. He said, most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. And so Jesus is talking about this, um, this place where the sheep were, 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 were housed or kept. Um, there was usually maybe a little cave area. There was a door there. There was a porter there. And there was a wider area. And if somebody was trying to climb up the rocks to get in, except go to where the porter was, uh, they, they weren't right. And there are people who want to find religion, but they don't want Jesus. Amen. They, they love that. They love religion, but they don't want Jesus. And so they, they are like a thief and a robber. But when you and I just come with our arms wide open to Jesus and just fall into his arms, we're showing that we want him and what he has, who he is, all of that. And so Jesus says these people were, th uh, were thieves and robbers. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Okay, to him the doorkeeper opens. So that means if I've got, we've got a bunch of sheep in here with many shepherds. And, and I walk in here and I see, I, I walk in, the porter says, hello, uh, uh, Mr. Lavelle, Shepherd Lavelle, come on in. And so I, I walk on in there and I just start calling my sheep by name. They hear my voice, they know it. Isn't it an amazing you, you can hear a voice. If you were in New York City and you heard some people talk, you'd know that was them. Yeah? You know, some people not only just have a, a talk, but they have a walk. And, and they have a way they walk, you know it's them. I have one brother who's attending the church. He's a little bit older than I, I am. And he has this little way of walking. And he walks. And I said, man, whenever I see you, you're going away somewhere, I always know it's you. It's because of the way you walk. 
Well, the way you and I talk and walk will reveal who we really are. Okay? Amen. So in the, in the workplace, out in the world, let's do that. Let's, let's reveal who we are, that we belong to the, the sheepfold of Jesus. Uh, all right? Can we do that? He says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls to his own sheep by name and leads them out. He doesn't mess with anybody else's, but he says he does that. And so, you know, Jesus knows your name. You know, there's a song that was written not that long ago, He Knows My Name. I love that. But Jesus knows your name, and you know his voice. Do you commune with him? You know his voice. And so when Jesus, when I, there was a time when I was a little lamb, I, I didn't always know his voice. But as I've grown into maturity, uh, I, I know his voice. I know his voice. I know his voice. You know his voice. You know his voice. Sometimes you go, you know, the devil is, is a great imitator, and he tries to imitate. So if, if the devil is imitating the Lord, you go, what did you say? Oh, yeah, you're not the Lord. You know, it's about that simple. It's really about that simple. And so, because you, uh, he calls his own sheep by name, and he says, um, uh, they know his voice. Now, let me, let me continue to read. They hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now, let me say quickly that a number of years ago when we were, were, were first uh, uh, starting the fellowship, founding the fellowship, I remember asking the Lord, how will I know? How will I know when, that I'm doing right? And, and he said, you will just follow me. And then he said, and if you don't see me, stop. Don't do anything else. And I will always show up again. He said, don't ever move without knowing that I'm there. And so it was just so simple. And when Jesus started to, to talk, I would say, I've known his voice. Now, there have been times when, when I've, I've had to go to a brother or sister and say, uh, this is what I believe Jesus said. And I love the fact that we have elders and, and leaders here. I said, this is what Jesus has said. I don't go to somebody I don't know. I don't go to somebody in the world because I think I may have some kind of connection with them and the world. The Bible says don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So I got a connection with a worldly person uh, more than a, a, a godly person. That says more about you than it says about them having great advice for you. Wow. Okay, let me continue. Yet, he says, speaking of a sheep, yet they will by no means follow a stranger. So when you and I are following every voice that we hear in the world because we think it's a good idea, that's really telling. And I'm talking like this, I'm, I'm teaching like this because we are living in a day of great deception. Amen. Oh, are we still together? Amen. We're, and so what I want to use, Pastor, I'm tired of hearing that. You won't be tired of hearing that when you get in a conundrum. One of those conundrums, you know, where, you know, it's like, it's like being in a dilemma. You don't have any favorable option. You go, oh, Jesus, what am I going to do now? Jesus said, well, you should have been listening when the pastor was just talking to you. But Jesus will always help you. So they will by no means follow a stranger. Now, now may I just, I'm going to be done in a couple of minutes. I'm going to be D-O-N in a couple of minutes. And I'm D-O-N right now, right? 
But, okay, just a couple of minutes more. He said, they will by no means follow a stranger. So I'm saying this because I see people that I've worshipped with following strangers, strange voices, not the voice of God, not the voice of reason, not the voice of love, not the voice of patience. I'm seeing people follow those, and they follow them off. Come on, brothers and sisters, you know some. All right? I'm almost done. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. They were in darkness. These Pharisees were in darkness. They were, quote, unquote, in church, if we could say it like that. But they were in darkness. They, had not re they did not receive the Messiah. They were in darkness. Okay. I'll be, this is it, the last three or four verses. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. He didn't say people didn't hear them. He said, but sheep didn't hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And then he says, I want you to never forget verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. More abundantly. More abundantly. The thief has evil intent. He's come to steal from you, kill your faith, destroy everything that God has for you if he can, if you let him. He said, but I haven't come. I've come that you may have light, life, life, light, that you might have understanding, that you may have the knowledge of God, I've come that they may have life, Zoe, and that they may have it in great abundance. Amen. In Jesus' name.